Welcome to the weekly Retail Politics Podcast, where we deliver to you, one download at a time, the information you need to make the best decisions on how your government should operate. I'm your host, Jerry Shields, and we would like to take a moment to wish all our Jewish listeners out there a very happy Hanukkah to you and yours. Today, we will be discussing the politics of small business during this COVID crisis with our guest, Mary Gangana, owner of DTS Transportation Nationwide and Worldwide Chauffeur Services operating outside Washington, D.C. Welcome, Mary. Thank you for joining us. Well, good morning, Jerry, and thank you for having me. COVID has crippled our economy, and especially small businesses like yours, with bankruptcies this year soaring, even among large companies that have been American institutions, such as J.C. Penney and Hertz and Chuck E. Cheese, and I think about 12.6 million people are now unemployed. You are in a critical time because your business has plummeted in this pandemic, since not many people are hiring chauffeur these chauffeurs these days. You were recently telling me you're only seeing about 15% of your annual revenue coming in this year. Congress is discussing a second round of COVID relief, but explain to us how that first round of federal support earlier in the year helped you. So it, it was it was great help. It, it was something that we were desperately needing. Um, the support from the federal government through the uh, payroll protection program, as well as the economic injury disaster loan. Uh, it was quite helpful. It was able to let me survive the last eight months when for the first three months of half of March, April, May, and June, the business was completely at zero. We were, we were not even doing anything. I was able to pay my bills I was able to take care of rent as well as keep some employees on my payroll. So it was quite needed and it was something that I appreciate. So I I don't want to sound like I'm not grateful for it. It was something that the government handed out and it was a definite need for it. So interestingly enough, I was reading that many small businesses are not filing for bankruptcy because they simply can't afford it. They can't hire the attorneys and pay the court fees. You have an even bigger burden because you are both a minority-owned and woman-owned business, and you could lose that designation if you file for bankruptcy. Congress is considering a second COVID relief bill. What is it in there that you need right now to keep your business alive? The funds are wonderful to get. And, and this is where Congress needs to understand one thing, too. The funds are loan money. What the industry needs, small businesses needs, we need grant money. All we're doing is accumulating loans for the future where we're not even sure how we're going to pay it back. And when you accept their loan, um, you're signing your personal life away too. So in the future, it could be very, very detrimental to someone if you're not going to get your business back. Grant money is something that they should really look at. Bankruptcy has been a very huge topic in our industry um, where uh, we've been instructed to potentially file. I personally don't want to file bankruptcy. 
I am, I have been able to hold off on some of my creditors and they're willing to accept interest rates only, but the bankruptcy, a lot of people are going for, and they can, I just, with my status of uh, my minority owned, my woman owned, I don't want to lose that because that's a little advantage that I have. And I don't think that should be something, but that is what I'm faced with is I filed bankruptcy and I'll definitely lose 80% of my business moving forward. So um, I think that it's difficult. I don't think bankruptcy is the right answer. Uh, I think the government can stop, step in and maybe put off our debtors or people that we owe money to so that they know that this at the very beginning of this pandemic, those who like me saw that this would be a long term recovery two, three years down the road. You know, a lot of a lot of people didn't want to believe that they just thought it's one and two, three months. No. This is a long haul process. Under this new proposal, Congress is discussing providing $908 billion in that second round of uh, COVID economic relief, including forgivable loans in the Paycheck Protection Program. The PPP program seems to be uh, a big foundation of this bill. Tell us how the PPP program works. So the PPP program works, and, and it's a wonderful program if it is expedited the right way, and if companies don't take advantage of what the government is giving you. You, you. you use this money to retain your employees, to make sure that your employees are, be, are have income as well, so they're not having to file um, unemployment. And that's the whole purpose of the PPP. You're also supposed to be able to pay your rent with it. There is, um, you know, there's a great advantage if it's done right. If, it, if people, and unfortunately, there are some scumbags out there who have taken advantage of it, who've made it harder for everyone else. I think the streamline of the PPP money needs to just be a little bit more follow through on who they're giving the money to, those who really need it. It is a great way for you to keep your employees to pay your rent, to pay your utilities, just so you can at least survive until your income and your and your and your um your sales are back up to you know at least a fifty percent. I mean, I, I'm still operating off of twelve percent of my normal business, um, and it's difficult. It's difficult to pay people. It's difficult, you know, when you're living week to week. It's uh, it's very it's stressful. And um, your, how will this new relief help you? How can it help save your business as you're looking at it? Sure. So what it's going to do is hopefully it will extend where I'm able to pay um, employees. I, I had to lay people off last month because my PPP money ran out. So hopefully I'll be able to bring them back. But it will also extend the time that's needed before my business will be back up and running. I don't anticipate business back until May or June. This other influx of PPP money will help me and carry me for the next four months that small businesses like myself really, really need to survive. You know, with being in the transportation business, 
we are the backbone of a lot of companies. We transport government employees. We transport health providers. We transport, you know, the, the, the normal guy just trying to get to work. Without transportation, the world wouldn't be able to move. We are moving the people that provide businesses and provide for everything else to keep going. We're, we're part of that wheel. So if we go down, what happens? They, the, we are a necessity for the government and for the United States. It seemed to me uh, that the necessary COVID relief for small businesses seemed to be delayed during the political uh, fighting during the presidential election. Uh, did you feel that this relief should have come a lot quicker? A hundred percent, a thousand percent. I think that the, the, the delay was a thousand percent because of the election. Um, wanting to see the results of it. They put us on the back burner. Um, and, you know, three months of delay, four months of delay is a huge difference. That could be bread on someone's table. That was being able to, that's, that's when it comes down to the food, to survival for day-to-day -day survival. What they didn't take in consideration is we are human beings. We are begging for help. We are out there. I'm at the Governor Hawkins. I'm out there at the Capitol Hill. I'm calling uh, six letters a week. I'm sending out to McConnell's office and everyone to help. But it's, it was ignored because all that was being played out in the politics was who was going to help the company or who was going to help the country. And, and I think it was a huge delay because of the election. Now, behind my place, and you mentioned the food issue, behind my place is a mission that gives out free food every Monday and Thursday. And the line of cars snakes around about two blocks. But what surprised me most was that I was seeing BMWs in that line, making me realize that those people are out of work too. And uh, right now... Uh, one of the things holding up the passage of this new relief is the question of unemployment. Instead of reissuing unemployment benefits, they're talking about a one-time 600 payment to everyone. I believe you had at one point about 75 employees. What kind of pressure are you feeling to assist them? And which option in this bill would you recommend? I will say this. As a business owner, um, we're not able to provide to get unemployment um, unless we close our business down. So the owners of company of businesses, um, where do we get our money from? You know, that that's where we are. I was up to 75, 76 employees. At one point, every I only had two employees on staff. Well, I'm down to only about six right now, excuse me, right at this present time. Most of them are on unemployment. I think the unemployment is fantastic. I think the increase, though, uh, the 300, uh, 600 extra pay, are, we, I don't believe in that. I think they should just get the standard unemployment. Um, I don't agree with, you know, the one-time influx of the $1,200. Uh, I think it's a good thing for some people, but majority of the people, I don't know if they put the money back into the economy. I don't know if they saved it for a rainy day, but 
I would like to see the unemployment time to be expanded or extended, excuse me, uh, another two months, if not three. Um, but there has to be a deadline, though. There, there does have to be a deadline of when because people do take advantage of it. And, um, you know, that's what I do see happening. I've sent my employees to a food bank where I go and work at. I work two days a week at a food pantry and my employees come and get food because that's my way of trying to help them. The unemployment, I feel like should be expanded, extended, excuse me, by uh, two months, if not three months. And you, you've always kind of considered your business as a family. You see your employees' children as your children. What kind of pressure are you feeling to assist them and, and, and you know, kind of make sure that they're okay? It's a tremendous pressure. You know, you, you, you don't sleep at night as, as a small business owner or, or even an owner of, of any, I don't know how they feel, but as small business, you, you do get to know your employees on a personal level, 100%. You get to know their children. You get to know them. They get to know you. You want them to survive through this. I want them working. I've called every one of my 3,000 clients uh, getting to know when do they think they're going to be returning. And it, it's a difficult process, you know, not knowing what the future is really going to be like for your employees or for you. But I try to keep every one of my employees positive. I send out an email every week trying to send something positive to them. But if they need anything, my phone is there. They call me. I will take care of as much as I can for them. Um, and just trying to keep them thinking positive, too, because this is a mental game right now going on, too. Um, it, it, it's definitely working on people's mind. And um, it, it's difficult for them. One night you were walking through Georgetown and you saw a bunch of limousines and your husband says he always wanted to get into business. So you go for it. You buy a limousine and you bought a limousine from one of the most famous people in America at the time. Tell us about that. Yeah. So it was actually uh, the model and actor Fabio. <laughs> so my husband had, um, re you know, looked up for sale limos at California and there was a limo for sale and he went out there and it was his limousine <laughs> that uh, we purchased. That's funny. So your husband lands some big contracts. You're soon pulling in about a million a year and you're living your childhood dream. But sadly, he got killed in a car accident in 2007 and that left you and your toddler daughters broke. Uh, you've decided to take over the company and you quadrupled its revenue, but now you're overcome. Um, you've overcome these two situations when you were in dire poverty and now face financial ruin. Once again, what's that feeling like? It was complete devastation. Uh, when my husband was killed in the car accident, um, not just a fact of losing your husband, but you, you lose your financial support not being able to grieve because there was no money, had to move out of our home. So it was, it was a very, very difficult time. The time that I'm in now, and I've always fought through my whole life. I came up with, came, you know, when obstacles came my way, I would fight it. I was determined. 
And with this situation, I'm even more determined to make this work. Uh, do I have a choice? I do have a choice to either sit back and do nothing or do something. I, uh, I motivate myself. I motivate others. I am a provider of others and for myself. So the pressure is on me to make sure that I keep this company going um, and keep the money income coming into my employees as well as supporting my family. And and tell us about joining that food bank, because that was kind of interesting. And, you know, you're using your COVID time to do probably some charity you didn't have the time to do when you were uh, full, full, full gear in the business. Donating my time at the food pantry is such a rewarding feeling. Um, it, you, you're get, not just it, it's it's more than just giving back. It satisfies the. Uh, it makes you humble. It makes you humble. It makes you look at what you have in the darkest days, in the darkest times. You're giving someone hope. You're giving someone food to feed their children. And it's, it's very emotional. You cry when you give the food out. You never, ever question or or find you know why are you here no people would not be in line for food if they did not need it and if i can contribute a little bit of my time to help someone smile or to put food on someone's table i think everyone in america should look at working into a food pantry um it it, it just the reward is deep inside feeling of gratitude of just what you have yourself. And that, that's very admirable. And, and as you're right, I mean, there's a lot of people with a lot of time out there and, and we can all be out there doing that. Many people have used this COVID downtime to reinvent themselves. And you're doing the same. You're getting ready to receive your insurance agent's license. Tell us about that. So my, my company... I took a look at my company to see how can I save? How can I bring more business into the company? How can I look outside of the box? And one of them was that if I could educate myself to become an insurance agent, then I could sell my own company, my insurance uh, it would save me money. Or I was just looking for avenues to help the company and to keep the company afloat and also look at avenues because the industry is not going to come back to where it was for years. So um, I am. I'm reinventing myself into uh, getting my license to become an insurance agent. Um, I'm excited. It's um, it's difficult at 55, opening up a book and reading after 40 years and you're looking at this and you're, you know, it's difficult, but I am an achiever and, and um, you got to set yourself some goals. And right now there's a lot, a lot of downtime for everyone. So why not deep, dig deep down into your soul, find out something that you've been wanting to do. And now's the time to educate yourself and just make it happen.
get it done and make it happen. So I say, Mary, you are in charge of the small business economy and COVID. What steps would you take to help keep companies like yours alive? Well, well first, I would put together a team of, of uh, small company owners, small owners. I don't know if the government has done this, but I would put together a team um, that's really in the drenches. We really know what it's like. Um, I think we all need to come together and support everyone. I think there needs to be uh, venting on who needs the funds. Uh, I don't think the first round of funds was vented to go to the right people. People took advantage of it. Um, and there are people like me, companies like me all across the United States who are honest with the funds and it just takes a committee to look deeper into where the funds are going and, and realize that we do need grant money and not loans. Loans we're grateful for, but loans are also loans. Two, one, two, three years from now, you're paying on loans that you took out just to survive. And then what, what's going to happen in two years when you're paying those loans back and the incomes or the sales aren't still up there. So there's a lot of things that you got to look at, I think, and, and I think our opinions might help. Right. Well, President-elect Joe Biden is looking to hire some people for his administration and you live near Washington. So we recommend you for the job. <laughs> hey, I, I, I will go down there tomorrow, wave my hands. I, I'll be the first one in line for that job. <laughs> Thank you for joining us and being so frank about your business and your situation, which so many American business owners are facing right now. Well, thank you, Jerry, for having me. All right. And I would like to thank our executive producer, Mike Gugat and the Wizard of Pods, Brad Maybe. And please check out my latest book, The Front Row, My Jagged Journey, Recording American History from Reagan to Trump, now available on Amazon. We will be back next week with another edition of our weekly Sunday Retail Politics Podcast. And until then, always remember to read beyond the headlines. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.